Hey guys, I hope you're all doing well today. I have an exciting announcement for you, and it's not only exciting for me, it's very, very personal. And I'll be honest, there's a little bit of, of nervousness to, to announce this because it's a project that I've been working on for almost two years now. So just to give you a little context, about five years ago, I really exploded my business. I went from being a one-man operation doing a respectable amount of deals, you know, two to three deals a month, to blowing it up to doing well over 10 deals a month, and in some months, 15 and to 20 deals a month. And there were some very specific things that I did to get there. And I have been asked for the last five years from individuals from all over the country, how did you do it? How did you blow your company up? What were the things that you did? What did you change? What did you implement? What exactly is the secret to getting this done? And I've answered this question multiple times over the last five years, but it's only been within the last few years that I started writing a book that has everything in it, all of the strategies I used to grow my business from just doing a couple deals a month to doing a dozen deals or more a month. And there are very specific things that I changed and very specific things that I implemented in my company to make that happen. And I've now put it into a book. That's right, guys, I'm an author, and you are the first ones to hear about it. I have not made this announcement publicly anywhere else. I'm doing it here to give you guys a first opportunity to take a sneak peek at the book. Now, the book won't be launching. It won't be available on Amazon or anywhere else until June 1st. But between now and the end of the month, I am offering to send this book for free to you to check it out and give me some feedback and maybe more importantly, uh, to read it so that when it does go live, you can give me an honest review in Amazon, to which I would be eternally grateful. But I would love to share this book with as many of you who wants to, to read it. Now, remember, you'll be getting a sneak peek, so you're going to see all these things before anybody else does. And I'm happy to do that as, as a listener of mine. I really value your opinion, and I really want to get this into your hands. So if you want to get an advanced copy of the book, please shoot me an email at mike at juststartrealestate.com, subject line, book. Again, that's mike at juststartrealestate.com, subject line, book. And I will get that to you immediately. Okay, guys, let's dive into the show. I had a drive of like setting up the blueprint of my life and laying out the foundation now, not just in acquiring assets, but also learning to be a leader, learning to delegate, learning to, you know, fail forward. How do you do this? How do you do this? You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now, your host, Mike Simmons. Hey guys, thank you for joining me here on Just Start Real Estate again. If you are a repeat customer, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, if you're just tuning in for the first time, if you've never heard the show before, I'm going to do my best to deliver amazing content so you always come back. Uh, if you have not yet subscribed to the show, please do that. And if you haven't given a rating and review, I would really appreciate that as well. Uh, if you enjoy the show and you just 
want to say thank you. That is probably the best thing you can do to say thank you is, is uh, review and uh, rate the show. So that's huge for me, and I appreciate it if you do that. Okay, guys, today's show is going to be awesome. Hopefully, that's no exception. I, I hope you really appreciate it every time you log in and and uh, and sign in here and listen to us. Um, but today is a really, really cool one because today I have Will Brown on the show. <clears throat> Will Brown is a 20-year-old real estate investor uh, turned tech entrepreneur. He has a cool story. He's done more by the age of 20 than a lot of people have done to chase their dreams in their entire life. So like I said, Will's a 20-year-old real estate investor and tech entrepreneur who dropped out of school in May of 2018. Uh, that's that's college, by the way. But since then, he's run and built a team from scratch without any outside funds. And he went on to do 90 deals and over $900,000 in assignment fees in less than two years. He has since handed the reins of the wholesaling business that he started off to his partner and is 100% focused on his AI tech startup in Los Angeles. So the guy moved all the way across the country to Los Angeles uh, to start his tech company, and he's uh, massively into personal development and supports others by uh, carving their own path and creating themselves into what they want to be. So he's helping folks, he's creating an AI tech company, and he's already built and essentially turned over his wholesaling business to his partner, a real go-getter and a real exciting guy to have on the show. So without any further ado, let's jump into the show and talk to Will Brown. All right, Will, thanks for being on the show, man. I appreciate you doing this. Yeah, man. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing great. I'm doing great, man. I mean, listen, we got a we got a pandemic that we're all dealing with right now. But uh, that being said, we're we're figuring things out and moving forward, which is all you can do, right? You can cr- curl up in a ball and you can you can just sort of cry and rock yourself to sleep, or you can go, hey, uh, this is a chess game, and uh, uh, the world just made its move. So now I have to make my move and figure out how I'm going to counteract that. So that's kind of the mode we're in right now. Um, I, but I, like I said, I'm happy that you're on the show. Uh, I heard you on, on Bigger Bigger Pockets. Um, cool story, and uh, just to address the elephant in the room, you're super young, and I think that is super compelling to me because I know folks who have done this business in their 30s and 40s, and it's like they have life experience and all this. You did it basically right out of high school. So uh, I want to dig into that a little bit and find out how you did that. Like, What was your motivation? Why did you do that? Of someone who has kids who are a little older, I, I'd love to know what motivated you to do that. <laughs> Maybe everyone with kids out there can take a little note and, and find out what they can do to motivate their kids too. So let's do that. Let's dig back. Let's go back in time uh, before you were a real estate uh, investor. And what were you up to? What was your focus? And then how did you kind of start down this path of real estate? Absolutely. So, so when you're saying that and the motivation, and I kind of, you know, have a lot of, I talked to a lot of people like, yo, can you talk to my kids and, and inspire him? And I got to tell you, Mike, it's like the best motivation for me was that I didn't have anyone telling me that this is something I should do. I had my entire family, my entire friend group telling me to go the standard route, you know, high school, focus on getting good grades, go to college, keep going on, and, and to dump me where? To get a job. I didn't want a job. I never wanted to work for someone. I knew I was creative and, you know, uh, smart, at least enough to work for myself and figure it out. So I'm going to spend four years and a lot of money basically just, you know, studying things that aren't relevant anymore. Right. I, I like a marketing professor who's like 80 years old with a flip phone. Like, no, that's <laughs> not going to work. So the greatest motivation for me was the first 18 years of my life, which was really like a pressure cooker for me. I was like, I think of like shaking up a Coke bottle where I always kind of wanted, you know, to do these things. And 
basically what sparked it was I went to one of these real estate seminars actually in uh, late 2016, October of 2016. And that just planted a seed. They tried to upsell us with $20,000, but I went with my mom. I didn't have it. I just got my license a couple, uh, a couple years, uh, a couple months earlier to that. And they tried to upsell us. We didn't have the 20 grand. So I had a salty taste in my mouth. Didn't like it. A couple months goes by. I was playing a playing a video game where they came out with an update where you could start um, buying houses and like properties that would cash flow. But I still had that seed of real estate. I hadn't done any more research in my mind. I was like, you know what? You know, why am I sitting on my couch? I think it'd be more interesting, not better, not good, not I need to do this. Just it would be more interesting for me if I start trying to do what I'm doing in this game. That's like a microcosm in real life. And that's what started a fire and fury of education, finding every single resource I could, reading every single book I could get my hands on and, and listening to podcasts. That's <laughs> that's awesome, first of all. Like I, I think for like older folks, sometimes they point back to the game Monopoly and go, That's what kind of made me excited about real estate, like super old game. Mm-hmm. But um that whole concept of buying something and, and cash flowing it coming from a video game. First of all, that's pretty cool that they threw that in the game. Like, that's awesome. Um, and the fact that it, it kind of sparked something in you, I, it's the first time I've ever heard that. Super unique. Um, so good. You're How old at this point when this update comes and you're like, hey, this is pretty cool? This is January of 2017. Okay. So I am, I'm 17. 17 years old. Okay. So, so 17 years old, the bug is kind of infiltrated you you've been in, infected so yeah. to speak um so what go go forward from that point what is the, the what's the first action step that you take to to put you down the path of real estate i wish i could remember my first google search what it said it would probably make me laugh for hours on it <laughs> i think it's like how to uh real estate investing something something like that is not all knowing right. at all yeah and i think bigger pockets came up okay. and i listened to one of the podcasts um like number 77 with michael quarles and, and I listened to it five times because like in a row, it, it was nuts. I was just so hooked because it's the guy, this, this guy's story. He also started when he was super young in construction. Yeah. And I basically kind of learned how we scaled. And if I had listened to that individual podcast, I don't know where I would be today because essentially what it did was it gave me a blueprint, not to say do this step, 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 but it gave me the inspiration of, Hey, okay, this has been done. This guy's older, but he started when he was younger, just started adding proof. And then every single podcast I listened to kept adding proof to that this is possible. Plus, it's interesting to me. Don't get me wrong. I think a lot of people say they want to make money, especially, you know, the guys in their, you know, younger 20s or whatever. But honestly, like, you know, from like 13 to, to 16, all I want to do is like play video games, yeah. you know, and chase after girls. That's, yeah. that's it. I just, I just got bit by this bug and then it became more interesting. So. And this also depends like what the motivation there is. For me, it wasn't about how do I, you know, make money to buy nice liabilities and like a fancy car to show off when I'm 18, 19. Like I still drive a Honda, you know, I just not that that stuff was never interesting to me. I had a greater drive. I had a drive of like setting up the blueprint of my life and laying out the foundation now, not just in acquiring assets, but also learning to be a leader, learning to delegate, learning to, you know, fail forward. How do you do this? How do you do this? I mean, I just, I knew nothing going into it. And, you know, from then to 18 months later, I feel like I've got a pretty good idea on law 101. You know, you go, yeah. you go through that pretty good idea on, on real estate, almost all asset types. I'm not an expert. Don't, don't get me wrong at all, but you can throw me into any metropolitan market 
And in six months, I build exactly what I've built back up in the last 18 months. Yeah. Tell people where, what market are you in right now? Where, where are you doing your deals? So we were, we're doing our deals in Hampton Roads, Virginia and okay. Virginia Beach. Cool. Virginia Beach. And I like that. Where do you, yeah. where do you live though? Currently I live in, in Los Angeles and okay. I moved out here last June and we'll probably talk about it to start an AI tech startup that's okay. focused on building, think of it like really, really intelligent uh, chatbots. So were you in Virginia prior to moving out to Los Angeles then? I was. Okay. That I was, was your home market. Okay, cool. Yeah. So you were investing in your home market and then, yeah, we will touch on this. I, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but um, yeah, you've got something really cool going on now and you've got a partner that's kind of working in your real estate business, which I want to talk about, but let's, let's kind of move forward on this. How did you get, tell me the, some of the steps you took to get to that first deal. What did it look like? How did you find it? All that stuff. Yeah. So the first deal was uh, by, by most standards. Now I, I wouldn't classify, think of it like a bird dogging fee. If you know what that means, it basically yep. means you find a lead for someone, then you pass it to someone, they kind of go and close it. Yep. So I met this guy, Phil, at a uh, at a at a RIA, Real Estate Investing Association. And I started talking with him and he was flipping at the time and I started helping him set up security systems just because I wanted to be in proximity. I just want to learn everything that I could. Sure. Eventually I got, you know, most of you probably know Mojo Dialer. I was on a triple line cold calling dialer, <laughs> uh, calling a probate list that we'd gone and you know, hand gotten from the the city, you know, looking up like the step-by-step of what to say. It's just hilarious. It's yeah. so fun to think back on. Yeah. It, it really is fun because you got to love the process. You know, yeah. all, all the all the crap that you got to go through to kind of get it. If you're focused on the results, it's not going to work. It, but we, I just love doing it because every single new thing that I learned, I knew it took me one step closer. Yep. So the first deal was basically procured with uh, myself. And then I had a, had a partner at that time, different partner who I'd started with, basically standing awkwardly in this lady and her husband's kitchen where I think they're like their, their mom had passed a pretty nice house, Brook ranch. Um, and it was going to be, it was a probate house. They were looking to sell it. And we just stand there awkwardly and we invited Phil and Phil was there negotiating with them and he contracted with them, but he was like, all right, if we actually close on it, then I'll pay you a five grand commission. He paid us like $5,000, you know, in a hundred dollar bills. And <laughs> after an air mattress for a couple months and being like, wow, we don't like, we can just go buy as many groceries as we want. It was, it was absolutely <laughs> incredible. It was like the pinnacle of financial freedom, That's you know, because awesome. I didn't have it. I didn't have rent. I didn't have any expenses, but it's like, I remember that going paying in cash for the groceries, things like that. Yeah. I would consider that our first deal. Yeah, totally, man. That's a great way. So I want to point something out to folks that are listening right now. And I've talked about this in the past. And I think sometimes this is lost on people. So what Will did is he basically decided he wanted to be around people who were doing real estate. And you offered your services. You offered to be of value to them. You didn't say, show me how to do it. Help me start my business. Let you know Me, 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 me. It was like, what yeah. can I do for you? How do I make your life easy? And then, oh, by the way, I get to be around you when you do this. And I get to stand awkwardly in the kitchen while I watch you negotiate with someone so I can learn what to say to people when I'm talking to them. So that's huge, man. That's a big miss that a lot of people do. If you haven't gotten this yet, you will get it eventually is people reaching out to you via email and Instagram and all these different places going, hey, Will, give me this, show me this, tell me this. Like They're just going to start asking for things. And I always tell people, the quickest way to get me to kind of ignore you, and it sounds bad, is to start the conversation by saying, can you give me or like, give me, give me, give me, right? Mentor me. I I need a mentor. Yeah, exactly. Will you mentor me? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And it's like, 
the people who I respond to are the ones who come at me with like, hey, what can I do for you? Or hey, here's this thing I thought it would be useful. Like then I'll then I'll react, right? But it's like you don't start any relationship with uh with a business person or a girl, like with just like, hey, this is what I yeah, want. Will you go home with me? Yeah, yeah. It's like you you can't well, you can't do it. I mean, it doesn't work for most people. It might work for some people, but it doesn't work for most people. Um so that's cool. That, you know, that's something and I'm just starting to experience now that I'm kind of on the radar for some people. And it, this might be the biggest value prop because it's like, okay, don't ask, but what do you do? What I did was I, you know, I was like just driving around with this guy, you know, taking pictures, trying to help him sell a flip. I wasn't even interested. Again, I just wanted to learn. I was yeah. addicted to the process and the learning, but I just sat and he's like, no, nah, I don't really know if there's anything. You, I, could. I was like, look, what is it going to take? I was like, Phil, what is it going to take to get on your guys? And then he was like working with a guy named Chris at the time. What's it going to take to get on your guys' radar? He's like, okay, you really want to get on our radar we're struggling because we don't have enough time and our project manager keeps screwing up to set up these security systems in the flips, you know, so they can monitor the workers. Yeah. So said, all right, done. So I think it was like, you know, the next, the next week I basically skipped class, drove down. It was like, I was going to school at William and Mary in Williamsburg, drove down like an hour and a half and basically sat there for like six hours on a concrete floor trying to set up Wi-Fi that they hadn't like the, the router and the systems when they hadn't paid for the Wi-Fi yet. I was just like, <laughs> I get this thing to work. And that wasn't the point. The point was during it, right. It, it made a statement. It was like, look, I was willing to do something and everyone has something. I've got a ton of things. you got a ton of things. Right. But here's the concern. If like I said, Hey Mike, what can I do for you? You know what I mean? That's not... You've just given me something to think about. Now I have to figure out what you can do kind of a thing. And you don't know what I'm good at. Right, exactly. You, know, you, you have a standard in your business. You're not going to just go hire anyone on the street. Yeah. So it's not just what can I do for you? It's what can I do for you well? So yep. if you're approaching people, you're listening to this, you know, know your skill set, know what you're good at. And like for me, I, my skill set wasn't setting up Wi-Fi routers. That was just common knowledge. And really just pinpoint look for them in an array of things, maybe have them list a couple things and then kind of have a conversation about what's the thing you can do best. And if you go to someone and said, look, I don't want any money. I just want to, I just want to help. I'm going to put in this sweat equity for you because I just want to learn this and I'm addicted to it. Number one, you're going to be uber successful, not because of whatever result you create there, but because of that mindset that you're willing to give and give and give and give without any expectation in return, yeah. but knowing that it comes back. Yep. Every time, totally huge, huge miss on most people's part. They just want to, they want to take immediately, and that's not how relationships work. All right, so your first deal is a bird dog deal. Got it. Understand that totally. Talk about your first deal you did on your own. Oh yeah, this one, um, our first deal, right? So that we had made uh, like five thousand dollars. I think that was in May, and then our next one closed to July. And you bought so groceries like a boss. You just went out and bought yeah. groceries, man. <laughs> so fast forward to July, right? We moved into this uh, this this place. I think rent was like two thousand a month, um, but it, it was nice. You know, I'm a big believer in the environment that you're in. Really supports it, and it's everything in a, an investment. Basically, rent was stacking up. The credit cards were maxed out. July 18th comes. I think the credit card bill was July 19th. No more lines of credit. No one wanted to give us money. And we had this deal that we've been trying to like basically close. We contracted it very, very easily. It was weird. We were making calls and this guy called us back like five times saying, I want to sell my house. I want to sell my house. I want to sell my house. This is kind of crazy. Like, again, this was the first one that we'd actually done. And we almost, we almost didn't call him back. Well, I thought you were going to call him back. I thought you were going to call him back. So we called him back. <laughs> He kind of like moved up from Atlanta and he, uh, you know, he like was, was military. It's a military town. Moved up five years ago, bought it like cash, like as an REO or something like that. And then 
fixed up a little bit, just living it. He's just like, I just want what I paid for. So like, okay, uh, I don't know much, but I know that we've been in an up market. So, I've, and if he's been living there and it's been, you know, doing work to it pretty good. At worst, we looked at it. Okay, I don't really know how to value land, but this square on this lot size kind of looks similar to this square. So <laughs> yeah. I think we could probably sell it for that. So we get out there. And and again, we we brought a contract, but we'd never signed the contract with someone before. And he's yeah. like, "Yeah, I'll sign it." You know, so we just went through the pages, went through each line, and here's what we're doing. But moreover, you know, he ha- he had us fighting for him. We're not there to take advantage of him. We were there to do exactly what we were trying to do. Right. Now, there was a lot of things we didn't know, which I'll talk about in a second here that really kind of you know screwed up. But I think so many people are afraid of that. Um, you know, that the fear of of success, even at a small level, right? That's yeah. really, I think, what stops people. It's okay, what if this thing starts working? What do I do? What do I say? Right. I'll sidetrack for a second because when people reach out to me, right, it's not do something for me. I'm always like, do something for yourself to show me that you're actually interested. Right. I have them go knock on 100 doors. And you can only imagine it, so many people are like, okay, what do I say? Okay, I'm like, Google a script. Okay, what if they say yes? I'm like, okay, let me ask you a question here. If you're asking this many questions, you know, just to do this thing now, that sounds a little bit anal- like analysis paralysis. And that's probably the reason why you haven't done anything yet. Would you agree? They're like, crap, you're right. Yeah. So it's about moving forward. Totally. So when we contract this house, it's like a two, one bungalow, good area of, of Norfolk, Virginia, good size lot contracted for 25. We were like 80% sure we could sell it to a builder for 60,000 is a lot because that's what the ones down the street are selling for. And it was zoned correctly, all that stuff. But again, this was all new right now. I could have been like, okay, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So we contracted at 25. Then I I blasted out. We didn't have a buyer's list at the time. Right. So, so what I did, do I I go quit, go home on my couch and watch TV? No, I started posting on bigger pockets. I got two people that messaged me because I had no posts, nothing like that. I had two people that were like, Hey, I'm interested. So we scheduled for them to come out like the next morning, this guy, he kind of takes off work because he wants to meet us there. One guy comes there. I believe it's like at 8, 8.30 a.m. Walks through. We're asking 60000 for the lot because after all of our, our, for the house, because after all the analysis, we're like, okay, this is for a lot, but the thing's got a new roof on it and it's uh, it's, it's in pretty good shape here. You know, yeah. it's nothing fancy, but all it needs is some, some cosmetics. It's in pretty good shape. So this guy comes out, walks around it, does all his, you know, things. And like, so what do you think? We're going to do a deal or not? He's like, well, I got to go back and run my numbers. I go, we're like, ah, oh, well, I tell you, man, there's a guy coming in 10 minutes and it might not be here, you know, once you run your numbers. And he's like, all right, that's fine. I can live with that. So, you know, because he was he was a new investor as well. He was a new flipper. Okay. And, you know, when you're putting money at stake, you're, I mean, you're uber conservative. Uber, yeah. And you should be. Yeah. If you're doing a first flip, if you're actually buying one, you want to make sure the numbers pencil out. Yeah. You know, pass over 10 possible deals until you find the one because then you've got actually something at stake. Yeah. Wholesaling, a little bit different. This next guy comes in and it is, it is, he walks around and he gets up into the attic. He's like, oh, there's some, there's some knob and tube wiring up here, but I got to get my dad, who's an electrician down here to see if it's still connected. So there's like old knob and tube. They replaced the electrical, they updated electrical, but we didn't know what this meant. Again, yeah. every single <laughs> like for the first six months was like new to us. And yeah, still, you yeah. know, deals, now we have deals, people, people dying in their house a week before, you know, it's yeah. like, like absolute insanity. Yeah. Every it's always going to be novel. That's what kind of keeps it interesting too. So anyway, he gets it. He he walks around. He's like, okay, yeah, we're asking sixty five thousand for it. And he says, well, can you do sixty? And I, I think I was listening to one podcast that said, okay, if you're wholesaling, use you know timeliness as as a factor. I said we could do sixty. His name's Paul. Um, Paul, 
if if you can take your five thousand dollar earnest money check, non refundable, and go and deposit it to title this afternoon by two p.m. He said, "Okay, cool." We're like, "What did we just do?" So we get out our assignment contract that we'd gone over briefly before. I don't think we were really expecting to sign it. A one pager, signing it on the hood of our car, like around the street yeah. with this guy. Basically scan the documents, send them to an attorney who was, who was helping me out. He's still a good friend of mine and kind of like put it together. I said, all right, here's a purchase and sales for 25. Here's an assignment for 60. And I got some dude that I did not meet before this morning coming to drop off a $5,000 cashier's check to you. What do we do next? And that's, that's how that deal kind of got done. Wow. So let me ask one you one, one question that anyone who wholesales for any length of time is probably dying to ask right now. Did your assignment contract call out your assignment fee? Like, did he know you were making 35000 on this when he signed it? He did. Okay. Only because he wanted to see the purchase and sales as well. Right. Now we don't do that. You know, we have five or six people, you know, when, once you start, you kind of build a track record of credibility, you know, people trust you. This is why it's important to have a great attorney. So yeah. many people, you know, just don't want to spend that hundred, two hundred, three hundred $200, $300 an hour to go and ask them all these different types of questions. Yeah. But no, our new ones, they are the ones that we've done. I think like from deal five to 90 are here's what you're buying it for. Right. It does not matter. It, if it matters to them, you should say, okay, you're obviously new. I've never met an experienced flipper who, because that's just not how it works. Think of any industry. Are right. retailers going to ask what the distributors bought the shirts right. for? Oh, man, you're preaching yeah. to the choir, dude. I've had so many conversations with people where I go, why are you looking in my pockets? I don't care what you sell it for when you flip it. Like, if you yeah. make more than you thought you were going to make by a mile, because the, the, you know, the industry goes crazy. Good man, I don't I don't punish you because you make like I don't come back and ask you for more money, so don't don't look at my yeah. pockets. But the reality is people do. So that's why I asked if they see that you bought it for 25, you're making 35, you know, are they did the guy back out or did he get funny or did he bring it up or did he have any issues with it? He did, but it, you know, our, our buyers, you know, it was a nice nice young couple, man and wife, you know, on the road to real estate, you know, investing and I actually yeah. came back a year later to visit them. They had it rented out and it was uh it's pretty cool. So they were trustworthy. However, here's what kind of screwed us up is we get to the closing table, right? And the guy thought he was getting his check the same day. He thought we needed to Virginia okay. is a record and disperse the next day. Oh. And I didn't know what was going on. So because this guy, when he bought it, he was on the flip side of the transaction. So they required him to wire the money a couple days ahead, whatever, because he bought it from the bank. So that's yeah. all he knew. He's yeah. like, your money should be there. Why am I not getting my check? You guys are scamming me. And basically ran out of the title company from the closing, super pissed off. Like we don't use this title company more, but they handle it so terribly. terribly. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I'm calling my attorney like, what's going on? He's like, well, it's recorded dispersed, but this guy, you know, who's on such a train of thought. Yep. Right. We get through that. Okay. He understands that. And then he's like, and I need another, I need another week to move my stuff because I need some of the, the money for, for storage. I'm like, uh, how do we do that? Right. That's a huge liability to the to potential yeah. buyers to have the seller still there after it's already been sold, you totally. know, no insurance, anything like that. Yep. And I was like, you know, strike two. He's like, ah, I'm even more pissed off now. So eventually, right. Well, you know, what's the, what's the universal uh, thing you can do? Talk to it. We had so much of a spread there. We said, okay, Let's let's do this. We're going to 
we wanted to do a seller holdback is what it's called. We want to hold some mm-hmm. of his funds back from closing to give him an incentive to be out on time. You sure. know, he has like seven days and there's a per DM fee of like 250. Yep. So I think my attorney recommends, look, well, you got a big fee on this. Let's just, you know, you want to get this thing closed. Offer him like 5,000 bucks. See what he says. Increase the offer price $5,000, but hold that $5,000. So we're not taking any of his funds. Mm-hmm. We're giving him more money and giving him an incentive. Yeah. I don't, I, I got to find it, like print it out because it means a lot to me. We sat there, like my partner and I at the time for like an hour and a half writing out the script of all the different things that he could say and how we're going to navigate that conversation. And I think I titled the thing like a how to make $30,000 in two minutes. And we went through the script, basically, you know, covering his concerns, you know, do, using active listening, things like that, and offered them $5,000 and said, look, I think we came up with a solution that you're really going to like. And he's like, I don't want to hear it. We're like, we think you're really going to like it. He's like, I don't want to hear it we'd like to pay you an additional $5,000. And then he's like, okay, I'm interested. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's really, that was it. Almost everything that went wrong. And I remember the conversation with my attorney. I'm glad this one happened for you guys because everything that could go wrong, you know, didn't go wrong here. Yeah. And, and since then, we did not make a lot of those mistakes again. Yeah. I mean, occupancy is definitely something you have to consider when you're signing a contract. Do you need to live here after the closing and then hold that money back? Totally standard stuff. But the point of it is... You had a problem and you, again, you just, you figured it out, right? It's like chess, yeah. like, oh, check. And then you, you move out of that position and, and you clear the, the board a little bit. So that's cool. It's good to hear how you work through it. It's super creative. Um, but yeah, those are the things that come up. And then you, you put, you put something in your process so that you can avoid that going forward, which I'm sure that you did. So that's, yep. that's good stuff. Now, what I'd like to dive into a little bit now is how do you, or how did you, and then how do you now find your deals? Because right now, especially with what's happening with COVID-19 and everything, I think people are stressing out about the way they're they're having leads come into their company and how are they finding deals? Like, what did you do back then? How, what do you do nowadays? Like, how does that look? Yeah. So now we use uh, text message marketing okay. through, through Lead Sherpa, okay. PCP compliant text message marketing. We use ringless voicemails and we would do targeted mail to courthouse lists. Okay. Okay, cool. So that's how you're finding them now. So the yeah. the text blasting and the ringless voicemail, do you have like somebody in-house who manages that or are you guys like got VAs or how do you who manages that stuff? I've never been a huge model, a fan of the model of the VA. I I've had them before. I know they say they're only as good as you train them. But you know, for me I think it just takes a second look at what you're really up to. Like I wasn't trying to build something to make me money for a couple months and have to do a lot of turnover. I want to build a team. Yeah. Right? I want to build something to last. It yep. needs to grow forward or that can allow me to kind of jump onto something else. A VA, I mean, at the end of the day, like let's just be real. There's no cost of goods sold in wholesaling. You have your operational, you have your marketing, and you have like your commissions. That's right. all your expenses. Yeah. The profit margins are are huge on it. So I don't know why people need to pay I just never understood it. This is one of those things that, you know, sometimes I'm just like super confused, but I can never find <laughs> out. But it's like what I have is working, so I'm not going to change. And yeah. everyone else is complaining that's not working. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah. I had an assistant at November of uh, November of 2018 when it was when it was just me. I was so inundated. I was making like 80 follow-up calls a day to actual leads because wow. we were coming in now. Yeah. And handling transaction coordinating and doing showings and everything. Yeah. And I was just burning myself out. And it was so, it wasn't, it wasn't even like, I just wasn't able to do everything. I was, I was still managing to get it all done, just at a lesser quality. Yeah. So, and no more deals were coming in because of that. So this is like, all right, I need to hire someone with like 1500 bucks in my bank account. 
November 2018, right? Because we're doing deals, but I had to pay expenses. They were few and you know far between in the beginning. I hired a girl named uh, Sydney who had used to work at like a real estate company. And basically, I was interviewing a lot of people, and I was getting on the phone with them. And I got on the phone with her. She's like, you know, hello. And I just liked her voice. I was like, hi. And we just started talking. And she had worked at a startup before where she kind of came in and cleaned up their mess of organization. It was like a manufacturing startup. It was like, okay, this is perfect. Yeah. This is exactly what I need. So I had a conversation. I remember like on Halloween, kind of, you know, had the in-person interview and then hired her a week uh, later. And yeah. Sydney, she was just absolutely incredible. Now that we've branched off, she's actually in, in the music industry now. She's a singer. And but now that like for 18 months, she handled those campaigns. She basically they call, you know, you have an empire builder, an empire protector. Mm-hmm. She was right, essentially my like admin and assistant who helped me get everything together. Because nice. I knew my strong suits and I knew the dollar per hour when I was focusing on those things. Yeah. And I think I had like a negative dollar per hour when I was focusing on the, you know, the low things because yeah. there's, you know, difference there. For sure. So she would help me manage some of those, some of those things. Absolutely. I kind of say, I want to, let's do this. I've just heard about this. Let's do this. Boom, 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 boom to make it happen. I'd ship it to her. She'd get it done. She'd say, how does this look? I said, good, or make this adjustment. And we'd be off to the races. It was absolutely great. People that try and do it themselves because they're in a scarcity mindset. You're not going to scale if you're just doing it yourself. No, just no, not gonna happen. no, to a point, but then you're going to hit a ceiling pretty quick. So how, yep. when you, when you had, when you hired her and like, even nowadays, do you have like an office that people all go into or is it all just work from home virtual stuff? Even though there might be local to you, is it all virtual or no? I was in a two bedroom at the time in Virginia Beach and and one of the bedrooms was was open because my, my original partner, he went to go do it up in Maine like or, or like New Hampshire with his parents. Okay. So we worked out of a second bedroom. Okay. She, she literally commuted to some some kids like apartment every day, <laughs> uh, you know, to work out of it. It's great. And I, I remember I had some calls with some like mentors and coaches because I, I always, you know, I'm still a believer that personal development trumps everything else. And I had them, they're like, well, like, you know, just take some selfies, take some pictures of, of it because you're going to appreciate, yeah. you know, working out of that bedroom. And I, and I already do. It's like a year and a half later. Yeah, totally. That's awesome, man. So what kind of tools do you use in your company or did you use or what, 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 what fuels your company in terms of technology right now? Yeah. And I've got a great link as well where I kind of list them out. I was able to work out some discount codes with some of the companies. Okay. Lead Sherpa, like I said, is the text message marketing think of it just like a funnel, right? That's the best way I can kind of visualize this is at the top, I call it meat grinder marketing coin trademark, yep. <laughs> where you have all these different, you know, all these different methods that are coming in and they're coming in through a grinder, which is basically a converter. Yeah. And then you have it kind of drop into a bucket. Now the trick is making sure your bucket doesn't have any holes in it because only say one in a hundred of those leads that eventually came in are going to come to the bottom. So right. you got to make sure that's a clean process and that you have little sensors on each one to track yep. how much is going through to the next step. And then outside the bucket, you know, that's where it comes to deals. So I'm going to take that to the real world. Yeah. So the think of it like the, the bags of grain and meat or whatever is that we're putting into it is ringless voicemails, text message marketing and, uh, and targeted mail. Then they basically go in and depending on which they are, Ringless voicemails, we'd have them coming back to call rail. Call rail is a system you're probably familiar with it. Yep. Some people in that I use it. Yep. Uh, Trump's Google Voice by thousand percent. I've never met a totally. successful investor who's using Google Voice. People like it's like, well, it's free. It's like, okay, and you're gonna be broke for the next yeah. three years. Yeah. You know, until you use call rail. Totally. It's you know, I I share this with everyone because you track numbers. If it doesn't make sense to you at first, just like start digging into it more. 
you have all these different phone numbers that you attach on each campaign. You can route them together. You have tracking. So we basically have these voicemails fill up from the run of voicemails. People would call back and, and take those leads from there. Yep. So that's what large part Sydney would do. Take it from the top part and kind of start moving it down the conversion. Then once the lead was created, it would get put into our CRM, which is InvestorFuse. We were using InvestorFuse uh, when they were still on Podio. Loved it. And then are you familiar with InvestorFuse 2.0? Totally. Yeah. Yep. I love that system, even though it's not the most like tech savvy. I'm a big believer in keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. I was like, there's really only one purpose for a CRM. Convert leads to deals. Right, all this fancy stuff I don't really care about. I didn't use on the other softwares anyway. So what they've done is they really refined the process to make it super simple. So that when you create a lead, it basically have they have all these like follow up measures where it would take me from like three to five minutes of you know on Podio completing a task, calling them. Now they kind of got these like integrations and stuff like that. They made it super easy for follow up in a in a friendly dashboard, and that allowed me to do the eighty to hundred uh, a day. Yeah, that's those are the systems. Let me see. Do I use anything else? Spokio. Spokio, I don't know what they did, but their data is actually okay now. When I first started, like this was like July of 2017, I was like cold calling people off white pages. Okay. Yeah, that is not good. Yeah. Spokio is actually really solid. And Spokio, what it is, it's, it's, it's like a pay per year, pay per month skip tracing tool, like 10 bucks a month. It allows you to take a phone number, write a name, and just kind of do some more research to people. We found relatives through it, connects family and friends. Okay. And you, we have a call coming in, but you're like, okay, we don't know who this is. You can Spokio them. We have someone that says, I'm interested in selling. Please call me back. We can spoke you their number to get some data on them before we call them. Okay. Like really great. That's a tool. And then let me just see if I have. Does Spokio let you do batch stuff like batch skip tracing or is it just one offs like one at a time? I think it's just one. That's a great um, question. Where do I get the, the top, the top line, the data, yeah. right? To yeah. Go through these different channels. Basically, I went through you know the, the, the gauntlet of trying to find a good data provider. that I could consistently get quality data from and i kept going i kept going i kept going like like most things right it came about in the most weird way where i was like looking for data we had just gotten out of a marketing agreement so it's kind of on my own and i go through my emails i remember i got this email from this dude a couple months ago let me email him back he's like hey well if you ever need any data needs you know reach out to me it's like the weirdest thing this guy's name is brian so i email him back on the phone i'm like okay you know what's your offer what do you do and so i mean i probably bought like a couple million records from this guy um, because it's like whatever at that bulk, like two, three cents per record, okay. all the data and with the phone number. So already skip traced. Gotcha. Whereas before for that quality data, that would be like 15, 20 cents. Right. So cool. I've been trying to push them. I was like, look guys, eventually I'm going to be getting on podcasts. You could get a ton of business, you know, for people set up your site with like a code or something people could use, yeah. but they've been dragging their feet on that. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> the way I relate to them and I've said it before is they're like the potion maker in India, right? Yeah. That has like a, a magic potion. They, they just don't know how to distribute it to yeah, the world. Yeah, it's yeah. like completely foreign to them. Yeah. So I've got a, I got a resource I'll share with people where I kind of outline all these different things. Um, and I've got, a, I just got like email for him that cool. you can reach out to him. Yeah, totally. Let's, we'll, we'll put that, I'll get that from you. We'll put it in the show notes so everyone can just, can go there and click on it. 
Awesome. So, all right, cool. Let's talk about, I want to transition a little bit here because I don't want to take up all your, your time, but you are currently living outside of the market that your business runs in, but you're not even running the real estate business at this point. You've already kind of, I won't say outgrown. I don't know if that's a fair thing to say, but you've already turned your sights on the next thing for you. Um, but you're, you have a partner who's running it remotely. What is your responsibility in that business, if anything? And how does that, how does that work having a partner? Where'd you find your partner, by the way, the one that's helping you now? So I found my partner off of a Facebook kind of like video that I did in December of 2018, where I kind of just talked about what I was up to and, you know, some gratitude, things like that. This guy, I was in, you know, I was in college for one year and then I dropped out and I was in a fraternity Sigma Pi and he reached out and said, Hey, I'm like, I'm in that, you know, I was in there too, but I just finished the fifth year. So this guy's like four or five years older than me. And he reaches out. I really am interested in what you're up to. Let's meet and chat. So we meet at like this, you know, whatever, like fish, uh, you know, fish restaurant and we chat. He's like, dude, I just, like, I want to, I'm really trying to get there, but I just don't believe you that you're, you know, you're making the money, you're doing the deal. I'm like, all right, you want to see like our pipeline? You want to see bank statements? He's like, yes. So I'm like, all right, here you go. He's like, this is, this is incredible. This is awesome. What you're, what you're up to. Yeah, man. You know, what are you doing? Come on board. Cause he was listening. He spent five years in school to become an accountant does accounting for one winter and then comes on with me. And so now he's completely essentially how it worked where it's always, you know, add value is how do you continue to add value while learning? And over the last year, that is what he did. He was been my acquisition manager. I'm a big believer in paying people very, very well. So at the, you know, the base commission that they get is 20% of each deal. Wow. Just no matter what. And then I also, here's the trick and how I found him and how he's still with me. Because a lot of people, they try and bring in people, right? And it's like a it's like a turn and burn business where people come in or out, either because they're good or bad. You want to keep those good guys. Yep. Right. If you don't have a way for those good guys to kind of level up and accelerate, they're gonna go and start their own cake. And I yeah. kind of knew that going into it. So like, let me put this on a tiered commission schedule. Where every 150000 in revenue they do, they get another 5% of the commission. Because like at that point, you know, they've been making so much, um, so much money doing so much that it just that goes up like 50%. So I think right now he's at like he was at like 30. But as I pivoted to this other thing, you know, it's kind of been a conversation the last couple months. He really wants to take this and continue to run it. So I said, Awesome, dude, let's do it. I don't want to slow you down. I've given you all the tools. Here's like the payment, right? I didn't sell the company to him. Here's all I want. Run this thing. So number one, you get the on the ground experience. I can answer your questions as necessary. Sydney, like I said, two two months ago, she went to do music stuff because she knew I was kind of pivoting as well. So he's basically been running this thing completely on his own. I've probably been spending like five to 10, 15 minutes a week on it, just getting calls with him, like answering some questions yeah. for the last couple months, like it's his own. Whereas before, now, you know, he's been getting 25% of the deals. And I was getting 75%, which I'm using to fund what I've got going out here. Yep. On April 1st, it basically just flipped. Every new deal he gets, he gets 75 or he gets 100% of the new ones that he creates. And I just get 25% of the pipeline with like the 2000 leads of the ones that he's still been nurturing. So I'm a big believer in you know, paying people very well, giving them the opportunity to move up because they will treat you well. I think so many people kind of come in with this with like a short term mindset. And that's that's how he got uh, to, to where he is. So yeah, I've been spending like, and I probably now... I spend like five minutes a week for real, only so, communicating with metal companies. So once you get through that pipeline, then it's his company. He doesn't owe you anything. Is that right? hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, he's okay, starting cool. his own anyway. Right. And I just, I want to do that because I'm just such a 
big believer, you know, in treating treating people well. And in, in something like this, there's nothing really proprietary. He's hustled and worked his just behind off for me the last 12 months. You know, he deserves to be able to go about this unbridled, in my opinion. I you know I he, he made money along the way, but he also made a bunch of money. I, like I said, I believe in treating people really well. So That's I didn't awesome. want to be like a parasite and say, you know, I get 10% of your deals in perpetuity. I said, look, you know, it's my marketing dollars that created this pipeline. You've been working them. I'll give you a lion's share of each deal you close. You know, just, just keep track of the ones that are coming from my pipeline. So I'll continue to get income. But for what I'm up to now, you know, it, it would be it would be marginal anyway. So okay. I'd rather not. Yeah, yeah. Not no, I get that, man. That's super admirable. Let me, let's talk about what you're up to now while we have some time still. What is it that you pivoted into that you were willing to walk away from that thing that you built? What are you excited about now? So that pivot moment, it, I, I still remember surreal. It's like 2 a.m. in Cabo, San Lucas, Mexico. I was at the end of a business mastermind. And it was like a seven-day mastermind. We stayed an extra day, went jet skiing, had a lot of fun. And sitting there on lawn chairs uh, next to this guy named Garrett, who I just met at this mastermind. He's like 22 or 23, the only other younger guy there. I'm just like, man, this is probably one of the hardest decisions of my life. Much harder than dropping out of school. Right. So like, I've got this really thing going. I'm like, we're just turning up the speed. And it's like, you know, it's telling me to, uh, to shift, you know, some, something inside of me saying I got to shift because there's just such this opportunity presented because out of an eight hour conversation, you know, in a hot tub in Cabo, we were basically able to look at, look, let's just clear the table. Let's just like pretend that nothing we have done, you know, exists, you know, take all the ego off the table. We're both pretty young guys. This, you know, we're just having some fun, having a conversation, started making some jokes. You're like, yeah, dude, like, you know, we might come out of this thing, wake up tomorrow morning, forget what we talked about and, uh, and have like a blueprint for like a multi-billion dollar business on our phone. And kind of created that, not going to lie, but it was really surreal where I sat there. I was like, man, this is so tough. Everything that I've been doing, the, the route that I thought I was on is no longer the route that I need to be on. And once that idea, you know, hits you, you you can never go back. Once that shift happens and you get it so viscerally, yeah. you can't go back. Because if I just went back to real estate, I'd always be wondering what could be. And I, I mean, I've got a bunch of goals for space travel and things like that. So the actual company was born out of this idea. All it is is an idea that it's actually impossible to solve a problem. Like, just think about this conceptually. Okay. If you solve a problem, another one grows in its place. Bigger, badder, more wicked. Think of how more complicated our lives are, convenient yet complicated than they were for human beings 250 years ago. Yeah. Right. We have more problems because the fact of the matter is the problems only exist up here in your head. We realized resourcefulness over resources, right? This is what's gotten me to where I am. But the whole world has resources. So how do you give the whole world resourcefulness? How do you give humanity resourcefulness? And basically what we saw, and we knew nothing about AI at the time, it was just an abstract concept to us. You know, we continue to create it to be what, it, what it's going to be, is how do we give people access to that knowledge in such a way that really resonates with them? Because Google, you have to ask the right question to get the right answer. And it's not just about the answer. Again, it's about the motivation. It's about the follow through. It's yeah. about finding what inside of you motivates you. So out of that, we believe, and this is like just the super high level stuff. And you can imagine what I was like, ah, oh, it's so difficult for me. If we could, we can't, if we could solve poverty, there'd still be climate change. If we could solve cancer, there'd still be Alzheimer's. How do we do it all? How do we do our part for humanity to solve all of the problems? And essentially what we realized that is empowering other people. 
and a lot of people get this at you know different degrees is that you know I'm just one person what can I do to bring other people up and so what we set out to build was a personal assistant for people where and the kind of like the the archetype is think of your you know think of like a lead cancer research scientist the person that's closest to the breakthrough solving right he's still a human being he's got a family and he's got finances and he's got all these other things going on right and he is either in a balancing act of juggling or he's focusing so much of his energy on one that the others are falling down and when you have one area of your life that's not working it's like spokes on a wheel the whole workability goes down so we're like what if we could give him a personal assistant to help him kind of manage you know the rest of his life you know what could we do for that and now the people that are kind of the front lines in so many areas what would be possible right that was the goal building personal assistance for people using none of this technology exists today. We're, we're building it to build these high level assistance um, for people. And we've had to backtrack and backtrack and backtrack and backtrack to get to, okay, where is the forefront of technology? That's our foundation. And then we've really just done a ton of thought experiments over the last six, eight months and building on top of that now. So what we're building is, is AI conversational AI to streamline communications. You know how in every movie you see, they can just kind of talk naturally to computers. Yep. That's kind of what we're building. We're teaching machines to learn our language. And the applications of that are just so, so, so broad. Even though it's a little bit different than our original concept, we see it as a stepping stone along the way. And where wow. we're currently deploying that, and COVID has potentially, we're potentially weighing a pivot right now into the healthcare space, like building a chatbot for the CDC, that text message based you can go through and like text COVID to a hotline and check your symptoms just in conversation, not a chat bot online, none of the buttons with completely open domain. We don't even do like decision trees, anything like that. We yeah. do completely different. We're building in property management because every single property manager, the larger, you know, I knew real estate related, that's a great place to start. Yep. The larger they are, imagine the maintenance coordination nightmare of someone that has 50,000 units. Yeah. How many people they need to have on staff, how many people are going around. So we built a really cool, um, um, kind of, it's an app and it's a web app that that works for tenants and vendors just through text message. So they kind of kind of manage the work orders and it takes phone tag off the table for okay. property managers. Makes their time worth so much more because they're not spending the time sitting in voicemail. Nice, nice. Holy cow! So, do you have tech background? Was what did you go to college for? Yeah. What were you interested in at the time? I was interested in entrepreneurship. Okay, you know, and that, that but you're not a tech guy. You didn't build computers from the age of five and all this stuff. Like you, you weren't a correct. little Anakin Skywalker in the making or anything, right? But I built Legos. Okay, you know, I, I was still a builder. And, and here's one of these interesting things. Now I talk to people like, why hasn't Google or Amazon done this? And here's you know, here's another thought experiment. We went to a conference, a chatbot conference in San Francisco last year, and it was the group of like the most socially like. It, like I'm not, I'm a pretty big introvert myself. You know, I'm not a super social person, but these people like were just like standing there like stone statues when people were cracking jokes on stage. It was weird. And these <laughs> are the people building chatbots. So yeah. why aren't they working? Ironic, I right? Ironic. Yeah. People who can't talk are building chatbots. Here, here's the thing with tech, right? For a lot of things, building computers, you need super technical. But language, language is more, you know, cultural. Language is more social. It's right. not purely about the tech. Right. You need to have a balance of both. Yep. And you got these teams of just super smart people that I think they're actually too smart to do it. Wow. That's odd. Dude, man. Well, I look, I'm glad I got to talk to you because now when I reach out to you in 15 years, I can go, hey, uh, remember, we, I interviewed you when you were like 
only like 20 or whatever, and you were just starting this stuff out, like, give me five minutes of your time. So that's, man, super inspirational. I think that to me, the overarching message in this entire conversation is, is resourcefulness and just going out, making huge goals and then working your butt off. Like we, we talked offline privately before this started and, and we were talking about the formula, like, and you were like, I don't have the formula. I just work my ass off and I, I have big goals and I, and I work hard at them and I don't let setbacks stop me. And it's like, and I said to you at the time, that is the formula. Like that's the formula, right? People are looking for the magic formula or the silver bullet or the one thing they can do that will just blow everything off. The hard truth is, is it's mostly hard work and like just sticking to it and not giving up and, and knowing when to pivot, knowing when you need to pivot, right? Because people might look at this and go, wow, he just walked away from his company. Like he gave it to that dude. Yeah, technically, but that was a, that was a stepping stone to what you want to do now, which is totally awesome. And that could be for some people could be, hey, I flip single family houses. And the next step is I buy apartment buildings. And the next step is I buy, you know, high rise buildings. Like it's just, you yeah. know, everything's a journey, right? So, dude, I really appreciate you doing this. Before we go, though, is there anything that you, any, any way that people can get a hold of you if they want to, if you want to do that, you're not obligated to. But if you want to give contact information or any links or anything that you want to promote, it's totally the, now's the time. Yeah, for sure. I've, I've made the mistake of, uh, of, of, of like my mistake of giving my number out because I just have kind of people text me and, and yeah. it's on me because I can never adequately follow up, you know, because it gets mixed up with everything. Yeah. But if you want to reach out to me, I'm on Instagram at will.jbrown. Send me a message there. I'll reply. Happy to chat. Happy to answer your guys' questions. The higher level, the better. But if you're going to kind of ask for like, where do I start? Here's my first answer. I'm going to give it to you now. Go knock on a hundred doors yeah. and then tell me, tell me where we're going to go from there. Right. That's that's your buy in uh, to me. And then also we put together a little landing page and then there's a button in the top right corner at Aries Tech.ai, A-R-E-S-T-E-C-H dot A-I. And there's a link to get on our mailing list if you're just interested in kind of what we're up to with the tech or if you know a property manager, if you have properties that, you know, you want to kind of take a look at this for, as well as I have a button in the top right to kind of get links to all those resources that I mentioned there. I just figured I'd kind of put them all together. Cool. Okay. Awesome, man. Good stuff. We will put that in the show notes. And uh, once again, thanks for doing this. Thanks for taking your time. Everybody's busy. You're building an empire, so you're busier than a lot of people I know. Uh, But it was cool of you to hop on here and do this. I appreciate it, man. Always a blast. Thanks, Mike. All right, brother. We'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Will. I know I had a good time talking to him. He's a cool dude with a great story, super motivational, uh, such a young age to have that kind of success, which means... Uh, I think the guy is going to be wildly successful in the tech space where he is now at and where he's now working and focusing his time and energy. I think a guy like that, uh, like we said during the uh, the interview, you know, going after it, having that tenacity, having that resourcefulness, and just pushing through problems and just figuring things out. That is that is the secret, right? That's the secret of success, I think. So he's got it. He understands it. He is willing to do what it takes, and that is the bottom line, guys. So if you want to have success, if you want to go out there and crush it, listen, Will did it as a teenager, okay? So no excuses for the rest of us. If you want to get out there and just start that that business that you've always wanted, have that life, build that life that you always want, only one way you can do it, you know what that is, get out there and just start. Okay, you're still here. That's super cool. And because you're still here, I know you're serious about your business. You listen to the whole episode. You're obviously trying to get more information to help you in your business. And because of that, I have a very 
very special offer that I want to share with you. For a very short period of time, there is a video series. It's actually a vault of videos that have been created uh, over the last six to eight months by me, by some friends of mine who are really crushing it in real estate investing, wholesalers and flippers who know their stuff. They're doing high volume. They really have this thing dialed in. We put together some videos and I want to share them with you now. Normally, these videos sell for like 4600 bucks to get all of them. Right now, they're on sale for $1,497. And I'm telling you, as I'm recording this, I have no idea when that special is going to be up. We're, we're kind of extending it a little bit right now. We announced it about a week ago. We're extending it because of the interest in it. But I don't know when it's going to be back to its normal price. I really don't. But in this video vault, there is everything you need to know to run your business from A to Z. Everything from finding motivated sellers, finding buyers who are dying to buy properties from you, how to find and manage contractors, what kind of paperwork should you have in place? What kind of contracts do you need to work with these guys? All of these things. How do you uh, comp a property? How do you know what to buy it for? How do you know what to sell it for? Estimating repairs. like How do you know what it should cost to fix a property? The wholesaling process is laid out for you as well. How to find properties, what to do when you get them under contract. What does that paperwork and that structure look like to run a wholesaling company that is profitable? How do you run a flipping company from A to Z? Finding money. Like I said, ARV, finding properties on the the MLS, uh, finding deals without even spending money. Like all of these videos are there for you. And like I said, normally this is, it's a little bit expensive. It's normally around 4,600 bucks, but right now it's 1497. Uh, and like I said, as I record this, I don't know when that price is going to go up. I really don't. So go there and at least check it out. You owe it to yourself to do that. Go check out these videos and here's how you do it. You go to juststartrealestate.com forward slash vault. Again, that's juststartrealestate.com forward slash vault. And that will take you there and you can see all the videos that are in there. I mean, I'm scrolling through them right now. Marketing strategies. How do you market for properties? Skip tracing, using list services to find buyers and sellers. Um, Bandit signs. I mean, those still work, guys. People are doing them. Google ads, cold calling, ringless voicemail, text blasting, Facebook ads, if that's something you want to try, how to set appointments with sellers, direct mail, and, and, and templates for your direct mail. Like, Not only how do you do direct mail effectively, here's some examples of ones that work. You can just have them, right? Negotiating skills. How do you talk to buyers and sellers? All the sales training, behind the scenes sales meetings with successful teams who are running sales inside their company. Like, What does it sound like? You're going to get behind the scenes and hear some of these meetings. What's going on? What are they telling their teams? How are they getting deals right now? All of this is in the video vault and all of this is available to you for less than half of its normal cost. This is a time to take advantage of it, guys. The price will go back up. I promise you that the price will go back up. But for now, it's super inexpensive. So at the very least, go and look, go see what videos are in this vault and, and you'll go through these and see, oh my gosh, like you can start and run a successful business at scale with these tips. And by the way, you don't have to be running a huge business. This is for people who are just starting out too. There's tons of videos in here that explain every single bit of it and walk you through the process. So go check it out again, guys. It's at juststartrealestate.com forward slash vault. I promise you, you won't be disappointed, but at least go check it out. You owe it to yourself to do that right now. It's a crazy time in our world and this kind of a resource 
can get you through it and make all the difference in your business. So go check it out. And if you want to drop me an email at mike at juststartrealestate.com, let me know what you think. Uh, But go there now before the price goes up. Because if you do decide that you need this for your business, and I think you will, don't pay double the cost in a month or in a few weeks or even in a week, because I don't know when the price is going to go up. So go check it out, juststartrealestate.com forward slash vault. And I know you're going to love it. All right. See you guys.